Welcome to episode 162 of Sweat Out, Happiness In. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for anybody, everybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show. What is up, Achievers? Episode 162, so this is our actual first ever recorded, video recorded episode. And it's good because it's keeping my posture in check. I'm usually like slumped over um, <laughs> trying to get uh, closer to the microphone, but I'm more aware of my posture, I would say, for this episode. I'm way more aware of my eyes. I like don't know what to do with my, you know, when you don't, <laughs> normally don't know what to do with your hands, I'm like, I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do with my eyes. <laughs> um, so actually, you know what? This is actually the second attempt at a video recorded podcast because the first time was actually when we first launched the podcast. I kind of bit off more than I could chew because I was setting up the audio equipment. I was setting up the video equipment. I had no idea what to do for both. And it ended up being a disaster because like the first one kind of didn't record and it wasn't working. And I'd spent so much time researching and it just wasn't working out. But today, here we are. Two years later of perseverance, (laughs) but we ended up getting the podcast thing rolling. I can't believe it's episode 162. I know. Um, And we are rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. And this is our first time ever recording an episode in our physical location, which is ironic because we're closing our physical location, (laughs) or we just closed it. If you are hearing many dogs barking, uh, (laughs) don't be alarmed because right next door to us is a doggy daycare, actually. And there's going to be plenty of barking. There's going to be plenty of um, upset employees yelling <laughs> at the dog. So just uh, just try to tune all that sort of stuff out. But you're going to get some more ambient noise than our traditional podcast studio. Yeah, at least when the gym was running, it was like the music was drowning out the dogs for the most part. You can yeah. still definitely hear them. But now if we're if our music's off and Jason makes us t- put turn the heat off, which is why I'm freezing and wearing a winter hat because it's like <laughs> 30 degrees in here. Um so all you can basically hear in the background are barking dogs. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, so, you know, this week is kind of an interesting week for us because it is our, there's multiple things happening. This is, this past weekend was the final Achieve class, event, really any sort of gym-related thing um, has come to an end in terms of our um, achieve fitness physical location business. Yeah. Right. And so. it's so weird because so we moved everything virtually and like Boston and Somerville did allow us to reopen. So like technically we could have reopened, but since we knew we were closing the gym, it didn't make sense for us to open for like three weeks. So we just kept everything virtual. Um, but it really made it feel like there was no closure. No closure. Yep. At the end, because it was like one six-person virtual small group training session was the last thing we ever did and achieve it feels so bizarre like we're so used to throwing parties for everything and it just felt very anticlimactic yeah we i mean yeah we have big events for literally everything it's any anytime we can get the community together it's definitely something that we try to do but um but yeah there's definitely no closure on this one um if you haven't yet and are interested, uh, definitely check out our podcast a few episodes ago, and it goes over the whole chronicle of why we ended up closing our gym um, and all that sort of stuff. But the other side of this is that March 1st, was it? Yeah. March 1st was actually our grand reopening party last year, yeah. um, and we were super excited for that, and we go over it in more detail in the uh, the previous podcast episode, but we had a big... I mean, we, we, we had renovations going on for six months. We had totally overhauled um, our model. Um, and we just had a lot of, like, good momentum coming into this. And two weeks later, we had to shut down 
we're basically good. We're good, yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, due to uh, the we pandemic. We didn't know and, then. At yeah. that point, we thought it was for two weeks, but... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so kind of a, a weird uh, mixture of things happening uh, over the past past week, but um, but we're also excited for new things. Like, we're able to do this now. We have some more time to um, focus on our content creation, which we're really excited about. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I'm in my second trimester, so I'm finally not wanting mm, to puke true. every single day. So, lots of good things yeah, happening. This, <laughs> this morning, Lauren's like, I... Feel good. <laughs> that's that like was a, a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. But yeah, I mean, for three months, you were basically super nauseous every morning, about to throw up, and falling asleep everywhere. Yeah, and actually, not even just every morning. You were just nauseous at all, all times. So yeah. it's like not morning sickness, but morning all the time. Morning sickness is a terrible way to describe it because most people are just nauseous all day. <laughs> um, okay, so um, in today's episode, we are going to go over our thoughts on. Peloton. Yes. So this is a hot topic. A lot of people always are always asking um, us about our feelings on the exercise equipment, the app in general, and just our overall thoughts on it. Yeah, we get it all the time. Like, what do you think about Peloton? Should I get a Peloton? Is Peloton okay? Is it a good thing for me? Is it a bad thing for me? Like, people are they really want to know our opinion on it. And we have people in our achieve achievers group who do our rise program who are asking about it and some people have it some people don't like it some people like it it's divisive um and so we definitely want to share our thoughts about it and what we kind of find um we end up talking about when we discuss peloton the most like if we were kind of give you an inside look into if we were just kind of having a discussion jason and i about um what do we think yeah and i guess i guess one of the big questions that we continue to get asked is how to fit in Peloton training in the context of a strength and conditioning workout as well, yeah. right? Um, and just kind of like how to fit everything in if you're trying to do everything because Peloton is this hot rage. Like, should I jump on board with that? What should I do with my strength training? How do I fit everything all together? There's so much to do and there's so many different kind of like, you know, questions running around your brain and, and it's, it's a big investment, right? So yeah. this bike is, is it close to $2,000? Is it more than that? Actually, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm not sure either, but I, I know they it's have financing cheap. plans. It's yeah, if you cheap. have a financing plan for your piece of equipment, it's definitely not cheap. But I do know that it's a really high tech, pretty incredible piece of equipment. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Peloton it first started off as kind of like um kind of like a glorified spin bike, I guess, and they would broadcast live classes, instructors uh, from their headquarters, I think, in New York. And they would just stream them through the interwebs to the piece of equipment. So you're actually in real time watching the instructor as if you were in class. And it's definitely a really cool concept. Um, but then since then, they've branched from spinning to go into um, you know general strength training workouts to yoga to all sorts of different uh, fitness modalities. But today we're going to be mainly focused on the spinning aspect since that is the, the biggest part of their business and the thing that they're most well known for. Yeah, because they also have a treadmill now as well. So they oh, have right. a bike oh God, and a yeah. treadmill and they have the on-demand just platform in general. But yeah, let's let's focus on the bike because I think that is the main piece still that people um, are looking for information on. Yeah, and we'll talk about kind of like the pros and the cons. And I think um, we'll talk about the cons in the in the lens of a personal trainer, 
strength and conditioning coach and kind of like going on about the science aspect of it, right? Why we're not necessarily like, you don't want to put all of your eggs in the Peloton basket, uh, but then we're going to bring it back full circle with a lot of the pros that make it a worthwhile investment and a worthwhile uh, endeavor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, do you want to kick things off? Sure. <laughs> um, you're making me do the negative stuff? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have nothing bad to say. I'm just going to make you say it all. Pelotons no, sponsor us. Um, none of it's negative. This is more just a little bit deeper dive into why we wouldn't say that jumping into doing just spin, just Peloton every single day wouldn't be our number one go-to recommendation. So number one is just there's not a lot of structure. So from day to day, week to week, there's not a lot of nuance or a lot of structure. It's just a different spin class every single day or every single week. You're always getting, you always sweat, you're always burning calories, you're always getting feeling like you're getting a good workout, but there's no progressive overload. So there's no way to really feel yourself progressing from week to week, feel yourself getting stronger or getting like there's potentially you would feel yourself getting more endurance. Most likely mm-hmm. you will, um, but it's hard to track that. And so, yeah, just the lack of structure in comparison to a strength training program, for example, is something that we wouldn't it's one of the reasons why we wouldn't prioritize it as like your number one go-to workout. Yeah. And this is the same, like, it's not just Peloton. This is sort of any sort of high intensity endurance type of training, right? right? So this could be uh, uh, an in-person spin class. This could be any sort of um, hit type of workout um, that you take in person. It's nothing against Peloton, but just the nature of it, it is going to be a less structured thing. And so let's say you're in the, um, you're using the Peloton app and you're going in and you're just going to pick a random workout each and every day. There's no sort of like progressive overload. There's no sort of progressive structure in any way. You're just kind of clicking like, and that's kind of it, right? And so I think um, that's where we get a little bit um, hung up on it if you're using this as your only form of training, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because with any sort of high-intensity workout, the we've talked about this in previous podcast episodes where – The only way to improve is to, or to make any progress, is to just go harder, go faster, or spin for longer. And there is a ceiling with all of that. Like, there's a certain point where you're not going to be on your bike for three hours. I mean, if you have all the time in the world and you really (laughs) like to be on your bike for three hours, go for it. But for most people, they're looking for efficiency. We're looking for progress that's measurable. And it's very challenging to do that with something that's so high intensity to begin with because there's just not a lot of opportunities for growth. Yeah. So it's like, imagine that you are a Peloton user and you've gone through, let's say this is your first week on the program. You've gone through three high intensity workouts and you've just absolutely exhausted yourself. You feel amazing. You feel incredible. You feel accomplished. You're like, this is the best investment ever. And then what do you do the next week? Do you go harder? Do you go like at a higher clip, a higher speed? Do you go for longer distances? Do you go for more frequency? Like next week you'll do four times a week. But then this is what Lauren was talking about. You reach that ceiling so quickly. And so it becomes this very unsustainable thing because you can't just constantly do more and more and more and more. The reason why we like to gravitate towards strength training is because we can have these sort of micro progressions, like at a little bit of weight at a time, at a little bit of um, repetitions, at a little bit more range of motion, at uh, more frequency. There's so many different ways you can go about it. Whereas for high intensity work, it's just more and more and more, faster, faster, faster. Go, go, go. Yeah. And this is actually why you see a lot of 
spin studios adapting this sort of like hybrid spin mm. slash weights slash bars. Like they do all this kind of stuff on the bike because they they realize that at a certain point, it's just another hour long spin class and yeah. you're not getting that extra stimulus. So they put five pound weights in your hands, but then you're riding a bike lifting five pound weights and it's just not that effective necessarily. Like if you want to strength train, get off the bike and go strength train. So there are just all these caps basically on your potential. Whereas with strength training, there's always different opportunities for moving in a new way or increasing your range of motion. Whereas when you're on a bike, you're just stationary. So you're always going through that same range of motion and there's not a lot of opportunity to change up your positioning or change up what that stimulus feels like for you. Yeah. And then going along that exact same point, you end up going into sort of uh, overuse type of stuff, right? right? Um, and luckily Peloton and spin classes, they don't have that much impact, but yeah. you will have this, this sort of long-term adaptation effect because you're going to be hunched over the bicycle and you're going to be spinning and spinning and spinning. And that's basically, especially if you're in, uh, living a sedentary, a more sedentary lifestyle, especially with all of us in Zoom meetings and hunched over our computers more, more so than ever, it's going to exacerbate those same postural issues, right? We're going to be more flexed over. Our hip flexors are going to get tighter. Our upper backs are going to get a little bit tighter. And all these things start to compound. And it, we want to try to reverse that as much as possible when we're doing our strength training efforts, right? By right. expanding different areas of uh, ranges of movement that we can uh, explore not only the sort of sagittal plane, but also the frontal plane and the transverse plane and just move our body in ways that just feel really good as opposed to just being here. Yeah. Right? And, and move, move, move our bodies in ways that mimic things that you do in real life. Mm, so, yeah. I mean, spinning definitely will help you ride a bike better probably. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know, you've been on spin bikes and you still don't know how to ride yeah. a bike. <laughs> so it hasn't helped you. It's kind of like playing guitar hero <laughs> and hoping it transfers over to playing uh, real guitar. <laughs> <laughs> It might make you stronger, but if you don't already know how to ride a bike or already know how to play guitar, yeah, it's not yeah. going to help. D different effect. Um, but I don't even remember where I was going <laughs> with that. Oh, no. But in in general, we when we think about why we work out, why we love to lift, why we love to exercise, a lot of it has to do with how it translates into our everyday life and how, like, when I pick up Kendrick and I can carry him in one arm while I'm carrying groceries in the other arm, I feel like all of my training has been worth it. Like that's the moment where I'm like, oh my God, this would be so much harder if I wasn't strong. And like, it, it's hard to find those types of moments from if you just spin or you just do high intensity classes, like they don't translate as well into your just everyday life, the way that you move through life. Yeah, totally. And so when we talk about these sort of cons in the lens of a personal trainer, a fitness professional, um, we have, we initially had very similar feelings as we did with, um, you know, like workouts like, like way back when, like Beachbody or Insanity or P90X um, to more recently CrossFit where they would have wads and again, not too much structure, but it's all high intensity. Like the general theme is a lot of high intensity and a lot of high impact and the more extreme, the better and all that. And we would so rebel against that. We're, you know, we're always talking about, no, you need to be sustainable. Like this isn't effective from a scientific standpoint. Um, and it's just, uh, not going to give you the most efficient and effective workout possible. And we would always poo poo the thing, right? Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's definitely the easy 
it's it's definitely a reaction that people have when they feel threatened. Yeah, um, I would say so. I think that's the easy go-to for a strength coach is to start using our knowledge about strength and conditioning to put down another modality to show a little bit that your way is better, and yeah. that's totally a natural thing that people do in life. Yeah. Um, but we've sort of learned our way out of that um, mm-hmm. thinking a little bit and just being able to step back and say there is a reason why millions of people own a Peloton (laughs) and why a lot of people really enjoy it. And let's start to look into that and discover like, what is it about this that is doing really good things for a lot of people and try to figure out like, it's not, instead of just going all the way into the cons list without ever opening ourselves up to the possibility that maybe there's some good in here, then, you know, you just don't ever get out of your own little box. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's it's funny because we have started to adopt a lot more stuff from CrossFit. We've started to adopt uh, even some stuff um, from, let's say, beach body type of workouts where it's like kind of more higher intensity. Um, but it's like fun and engaging. And we started to incorporate a lot of that training into our RISE program, into our on-demand program. And then funny enough, kind of bringing it back full circle, last year, a lot of those elements were present in our um, grand reopening yeah. new class model as well. And it's, it's just coming full circle. And so when Peloton came into the scene, we started to look for, okay, like what are the pros about this? Because it is like everything else that has come before it, but it is even just in a vastly stronger scale, I guess, because of technology. It's leveraging yeah. technology, and we're seeing this community build at an extremely rapid rate, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the pros now. We're, we're going we're gonna to just go over what we think is great about it and why we think so many people are getting Peltons, buying Peltons, and uh, sweating with Pelton, yeah. I guess. Um, and I think the number one thing, obviously, is going to be convenience. Yeah. It is in your in home, your home. <laughs> and it's super user-friendly, it's intuitive, and it's just very easy to use, yeah. right? Um, and I think if you compare it to treadmills or cycling trainers or... Um, just cardio machines of the past, it's, it's not the same because it is, it is just so innovative, I guess. And I think the biggest thing about it is the whole interface. It's so easy to use. And then they've built in this entire community-based component with it, right? So they have, they have leaderboards. They have, um, you can interact with one another. You can um, follow your friends so you yes, know you can like, your what friends. classes you're taking together. They have these challenges that come up and um, you can follow, like, not follow, but like you can take the same instructor's class over and over. And there's just so much more of a social element to it that um, none of the previous cardio equipments at home that used to collect us could tap into because of the lack of technology. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember my aunt is a marathon runner. She ran the Boston Marathon, I think, when I was like 10 years old for the first time. And Boston Marathon happens in April typically. And so if you live in Boston and you train for the Boston Marathon, you train throughout the winter. And she was like, I 
do not want to run in the winter. So she trained for a marathon on her treadmill in her apartment in Boston. That is brutal. And she would just watch TV. She said she would watch things that were like really long, like her wedding video. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sounded miserable yeah. and it was she was like it was now she lives in florida she can go outside and run any day of the week and feels great um but yeah it just most people didn't have don't have that type of dedication to want to just run in place with really nothing else going on like you have to self-entertain basically yeah, yeah. And with peloton you never feel like you're searching for entertainment like it's right in front of you and it's somebody telling you what to do and guiding you through it and it really does make a huge difference yeah and so we're seeing i feel like just a lot more adherence overall to a workout routine because it's engaging it's convenient it's fun there's social interaction there's an element of community and you also get, um, you know, on a surface level, a really good workout as well, right? And ultimately, when we're thinking about fitness and thinking about working out and all the benefits of health and wellness, it's about consistency and actually enjoying the process, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that's where Peloton has really tapped into and by only looking at it doesn't have progressive overload and it doesn't it doesn't have, have any structure and that's not good form and it's, that's going <laughs> to exacerbate your posture. Like if you're looking at all those little nuanced details, you're missing the forest for the trees because ultimately at the end of the day, this piece of equipment is driving so much positive health and wellness change within the entire e fitness ecosystem that it's 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 very. Um, very short-sighted to really narrow in on those few things when it's doing such a massive global positive effect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, we still, we still, after saying all of that and go, going now through basically all of our pros and cons list, right? Yeah. Like we still don't think that going out and buying a Peloton and only using a Peloton is the best strategy for your fitness routine, right? Mm -hmm. Like ultimately we still are always going to lean toward utilizing strength training because getting stronger is going to help make everything in life easier and it's going to help you age better. And there's all these benefits to that. Um, but we think that there's a time and a place for exercise that just is for fun, that just is for endurance that does, I mean, endurance, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> what was the word I was looking for? Enjoyment. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyment um, but endurance too is kind of going to be my next point, but there's other components of where that you get when you bring the Peloton in that if you're constantly just looking at it from the scientific lens, like Jason was talking about, you're you're probably going to get bored. You're mm -hmm. probably going to be like, this is not fun for me anymore because I'm only thinking about like doing the perfect routine that my trainer recommended for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, I don't want to just keep doing the same workout over and over and over again yeah. kind of thing. Um, now, yeah. And I think kind of in a perfect world, if you were to get a Peloton bike, I think that if you could work out strength train rather, um, two to three times a week and then kind of kind of add in bonus sessions with the Peloton, I think that would be ideal because then you're getting some cardio and some aerobic benefit and some high intensity training as well. Uh, but also getting the strength training benefits from the strength workouts, obviously, and then also getting, uh, you know, the progressive overload and you're getting the, the postural benefits uh, of strength training that leads to a more balanced approach. I yeah. guess. Yeah. And I think that they definitely are trying to do that with their on-demand like strength platform. Mm -hmm. But again, it falls into the same category of not being as structured. So yeah. it definitely helps to incorporate strength training. Like that's 
number one would be just make sure you're lifting some weights, make sure that you're moving in different planes of motion, all of that stuff. But if you want to take it a little bit further, take it to the next step, following a program that's mapped out for a month at a time or four weeks at a time is going to give you the most benefit from your strength training routine. You're going to feel the best. You're going to feel like you're getting the, making the most progress from week to week. So that's still something that is missing from making Peloton this like holistic total like perfect solution kind of thing yeah Yeah. um let's see is there anything else that we wanted to go over in terms of peloton i don't think so i mean the other thing is that we don't own one so this is all for (laughs) this is all from our a little bit outsider's perspective i do i i have been a member of the on-demand um app just to look into it and to get to know more about what they're doing um lauren's also been Lauren used to be a spin instructor for three years. I was a spin instructor for like six years. For six years. And she, I mean, she taught, you must have taught upwards of 10 classes per week. Yeah. So I would say that besides the actual bike usage, like you're pretty well versed in terms of spinning, cycling. Yes. And I remember what it feels like to do 10 spin classes a week. (laughs) Highly don't recommend it. (laughs) Highly do not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like it was an easy way for me to... Um, get some of my disordered behavior out. <laughs> like mm. I was an over-exerciser and an over-dieter and all of those sort of things. And spin was one of those outlets for me where it felt healthy. Like I felt like I was doing really good things for my body by like, you know, just beating myself down. But ultimately I was not treating my body well. I wasn't recovering well. I wasn't strength training as much because I was trying to dedicate everything to burning calories and focusing on how much I was sweating. So I, I definitely have a little bit of a like when I think about spin I my immediate reaction is like oh don't talk to me about spin like that was like a dark part of my past but I think that if when it's used in a very healthy way it can be absolutely great and an awesome addition to people's uh, routines but for me yeah it wasn't it wasn't particularly the most healthy time yeah I mean definitely the the whole spin culture is burn calories burn calories burn calories like how much did you deplete yourself? How much did you crush yourself? Um, and it's definitely, uh, it it just, it's definitely a, just a really like almost a damaging, depleting mindset to be in, to constantly be like, I need to just punish myself basically to, to, to burn calories and whatnot. So, but now you found strength training, strength training, where you are constantly thinking about how you can build yourself up, how, how you can add more weight, how you can add more reps, like all that sort of good stuff. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, just so a, much more empowering. A, little, a little more empowering mindset yeah. to be in, um, which is why we love strength training. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which brings it full circle. We yes. still love strength training first and foremost, most of all. But yep. um, but yeah, if you want to add some spinning into your life and if you enjoy the community component and you enjoy being guided through a spin routine, like absolutely and and if you have a lot of expendable <laughs> money because it's not cheap. Um, and, you know, the yeah. same goes for other modalities kind of similar to it. Like we were talking about before, like Zumba, um, uh, what other? Like kickboxing. Jazzercise. <laughs> I don't know if that's relevant anymore. I think your age is showing. <laughs> um, but all those sorts of things. And I, I almost view it as these are great sort of like gateway vehicles to go even further down the sort of fitness rabbit hole, right? Of like, you know, we get so many, or what we used to get at our gym, so many CrossFitters who would get into health and fitness and love it. 
after getting into CrossFit first and then kind of realizing that there might be slightly more optimal structured ways to go about doing things. And CrossFit was actually a really big pool of uh, indirect marketing for us, right? Because people would kind of get into it. But, But they would have never gone into health and fitness had CrossFit not been in there in the first place. So I think all these sorts of modalities, if it gets you moving, then we think it's a positive thing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. This was fun to video ourselves. I have no idea where I was looking the whole time. I feel like I was like (laughs) mostly looking at Jason because I felt it was feeling awkward. Uh, So sorry, I didn't look at the camera very much. But (laughs) anyway, this was fun. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like our podcast, make sure that you leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already. I think that's it. Until next time. Sweat out. Happiness in. Woo.